Welcome to Sailing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Except Christ be in you, then we're reprobate. We are to examine ourselves, whether Christ be in us. And Christ is the Spirit of God. It's the power of God and salvation. Without the Holy Ghost, any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. But if the Spirit of Christ dwells in you, as it did in him in the days of his flesh, it shall also quicken or make alive your mortal body. So Christ is essential in the baptism of the Holy Ghost for salvation. But there are different ideas as to when and how you receive the Holy Ghost. Well, the old timers call it praying through. Praying through in the natural, you know, prayer to where you pray through into the Spirit. Paul said, I'll pray with my understanding and I'll pray in the Spirit also. Now, he talked about that speaking in an unknown tongue, his understanding is unfruitful. Albeit in the Spirit, he speaketh mysteries unto God. It's a prayer language. It is a direct contact with the Lord Jesus Christ wherein cannot be intercepted by the evil forces, Satan and his demons. It's a direct prayer line to God. You build up yourselves upon your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. That's Jude 20. Praying in the Holy Ghost requires a person to have the Holy Ghost. Now, how do you know and how do you receive the Holy Ghost? You have to be born of the water and the Spirit. There's a connection there. In John 3, when Nicodemus came to Jesus, Jesus said, uh, you must be born of the water and the Spirit. You must be born again. Nicodemus, that sounded very unusual to him. And he said, how is a man that is old enter the second time into his mother's womb. Jesus said, that which is flesh is flesh, that which is spirit is spirit. Marvel not, I said unto you, you must be born again. Except a man be born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. In that kingdom of God, the mystery of godliness, the mystery of godliness is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Paul told the church at Colossia, well, he also said that if Christ be in you, that inward man, though the outward man is perishing, that inward man created after Christ Jesus is renewed daily. Now, Paul said, I was crucified with Christ. That, that literally, he was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins when Ananias came to him and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. Now, he had seen the Lord on the Damascus Road. He was blinded, and he saw that great light that blinded him, God is light. Knowing that it's the Lord, he said, Who art thou, Lord? He said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It's hard for you to kick against the prick, Saul. At that time, he said, His name is Jesus. So here we have a man. Saul of Tarsus, Tom Paul, who wrote 14 books of the New Testament, and he has seen the Lord, saw the great light. He knows the name of the Lord. He has the revealed name, Jesus, the revealed name of God. He's told 
the will of God for his life as an example of long-suffering and preaching to the Gentiles. He has the call upon his life to be a minister of the gospel. And he is going to receive his eyesight after he's been blinded for three days. Ananias comes to him and says, Brother Saul, receive your sight. Immediately he receives his sight. And then Ananias says to him, Brother Saul, why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized, washing away your sins, calling upon the name of the Lord. Well, Paul was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, washing away his sins by baptism. Many say that baptism doth not save you. It has nothing to do with salvation. But it is definitely an essential for salvation because repentance alone will not purge the conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Many have erred thinking that repentance is all there is. In the book of Acts, in the 19th chapter, Paul comes across certain brethren and says, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? And they said, Sirs, we don't know whether there be any Holy Ghost. We don't know what you're talking about. They had repented. As we see, they said to, to Paul, after he asked them, under what then were you baptized? If your baptism's right, then the body, the sins of the flesh is destroyed and you're a candidate for the, receiving the Holy Ghost. Well, they said they were baptized, but under John's baptism, under repentance. Well, repentance alone won't save you. It will not get you into, born into the kingdom of God. That's a mystery. The mystery of godliness is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Well, at that point, Paul said, well, John did truly baptize with water under repentance. But repentance alone won't get you there. And he said, John the Baptist, he truly baptized with water under repentance, saying that they should look on him that should come hereafter him. That is on Christ Jesus. Then he preached to them Jesus Christ. They had to go further than just repentance. Now, godly sorrow worketh repentance unto salvation, not to be repented of, but repentance is not salvation. You must be born of the water and the spirit. Repentance is a first step, yes, that will lead you unto salvation, not to be repented of. Well, Paul preached this to him. And when he preached Jesus Christ, then he laid hands on them. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and he laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. How did he know that? Because they began to speak with other tongues and prophesied. They spake in tongues and prophesied. That is an outward sign of the indwelling Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost. Christ in you, the hope of glory. If any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Repentance alone will get you there. It's certainly a step. It's the first step, but it's not the only step. Then you have to be born of the water and the spirit. We repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ 
for the remission of your sins. Now, some of the later transcripts and translations of the Word of God says, repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because your sins are forgiven. No, the sins are not washed away until they're born of the water, and water baptism is a circumcision of the heart in the spirit. Man believes with the heart, not with an intellectual mind of repentance. We believes with the heart. With the heart, man believeth unto salvation. That heart has to be circumcised. We find it in Romans 2.28. He is not a Jew that is one outwardly and circumcision of the flesh, but he is a Jew that is one inwardly in the circumcision of the heart, in the spirit, whose praise is not of man but of God. How did you circumcise your heart? Well, it's a spiritual circumcision of Christ made without hands. It is born of the water. This is not being taught. And unfortunately, it is essential for salvation. And many, believing that they have or are in a correct standing with God, will find out that they have not been born again according to the Word of God, biblically, born of the water and the Spirit. When Paul himself was baptized in the name of the Lord, even after he had seen the Lord, knew the revealed name of God, Jesus, knew his calling and was healed of blindness, still he had to have his sins washed away. Brother Saul, why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized, washing away your sins, calling upon the name of the Lord. The call upon the name of the Lord is to invoke the name as many as been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. That's your wedding garment. And many will come, try to get into that marriage supper of the Lamb, and, and when, they, when they do, they'll find out they did not have on a wedding garment and the king came down and said, friend, how did you get in here? Seeing that you have not on a wedding garment. The man was speechless and said, bind that wicked servant, cast him out. Why? Because your wedding garment you've got by baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. As many as been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Now that is the circumcision of the heart. That's how you believe with the heart, to have the heart circumcised. Circumcised means to cut. What are you cutting off? You're cutting off the body, the sins of the flesh. That's what you see in Romans 6, 1 through 4. What know you not? As many were baptized, were baptized into Christ's death. Why? That like as Christ was raised from the dead, you're raised to the newness of life. In Romans 6, 4, that the body of the sins of the flesh might be cut off, might be dead. You'll see it again in Colossians 2, 10 through 12. And you are complete in him and have need of nothing else and need of nothing else in whom you are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. How did you get circumcised without hands? That is a circumcision of Christ and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh. Colossians 2, 12, by baptism. Somebody said, well, that's not faith. Yes, it is. Through faith in the operation of God when he raised him from the dead. 
There's a spiritual operation. God takes a spiritual scalpel. It's a circumcision of Christ, a circumcision made without hands in water baptism, by baptism, and he cuts off the foreskin of the heart. The body of the sins of the flesh then is destroyed by baptism. And in 1 Peter 3, says that again, in the long suffering of God, that eight souls in the days of Noah, eight souls were saved by water. The light figure, which baptism doth also now save us. And not to putting away the filth of the flesh, not just taking a bath, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. How'd you get a good conscience? The conscience purged from dead works to serve the living God. By baptism, there's no other way. Everywhere you see in the word of God in the book of Acts, after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, the revealed name of God. Acts 4, 12, there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The salvation name of God, taking on the blood name of God, is Jesus. For as often as you do preach this man's name, you do intend to bring his blood upon us. That blood name of God, the revealed name of God, is Jesus, Jehovah's salvation. Well, you're born of the water. That is a, a step. But there is also and born of the Spirit. So after a person is baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, after repenting, a total repentance, you must repent. If a person doesn't repent, just goes out and gets baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, well then, he is making a very bad mistake because he has not made up his will of volition to change and follow the leading of God and, and uh, believing and adhering to his word. It requires repentance. So Acts 2.38, the keys given to Peter of the kingdom of heaven. And he said, after they said, men and brethren, what must we do? Peter standing up along with the other 11 said, repent. Don't stop and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ because that is the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Father is a title. Son's a title. But the name of the Father, that's the Spirit of God and, and the administrative office of the Spirit. And then it's the same name of the Son. The Son is the redemption office of the Spirit of God. And the Holy Ghost is the power office of the Spirit of God. It's all nothing but Jesus. You're completing him. You have need of nothing else. In whom you are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by baptism. Now there is a great mistake that many have erred in this truth. You must be born of the water and the Spirit. That is water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. Repentance alone will not save you. You're not born of the water. You haven't had the circumcision of the heart, so you cannot believe with the heart. With the heart, man, believe in the salvation. But the heart is the spirit of man, and that spirit has to be circumcised. The body, the sins of the flesh, are held in the spirit of man, in that conscience that must be purged from dead works to serve the living God, and it's only by baptism. Well, after you've done that step, then you have to receive the Holy Ghost. And how do you do it? 
Well, Acts 19, Paul came to those certain brethren, said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They had believed, they had repented. But still, they weren't born again. And they said, sir, we don't know whether there be any Holy Ghost. We don't know what you're talking about. Again, take a look at it in Acts, the 19th chapter. And Paul said, unto them, what were you baptized? If you're born of the water, that's one step. And then the next step, you're born of the Spirit. That doesn't necessarily have to be in that order. But you must be born of the water and the Spirit of God in order to enter into the kingdom of God. There's no other way. Well, they said, sir, we don't know whether there be any Holy Ghost. They were believers. Then Paul said, and then what were you baptized? Then he baptized them in the name of Jesus Christ. Because water repentance, therefore, just water baptized for repentance will not save you. If you just repent alone, you're not born of the water. You're not born of the Spirit. Because you have to take on the name. They were baptized with the water unto repentance. Acts 19, like a fundamentalist. Said, well, we repent and we're baptized, but they never take on the name of Jesus Christ. You have to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Acts 2 38, 4 12, Acts 8 16, Acts 10, Acts 19. Everywhere you look, no one was baptized, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, because the name of the Father is not Father. The name of the Son is not Son, the name of the Holy Ghost is not Holy Ghost. The name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, that spirit, regardless of what function it's in, is Jesus Christ. Jesus, Jehovah's salvation. Well, that's the reason everyone, knowing the truth, were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. That's born of the water. And then you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promises to you and to your children, to many that are far off, even as to as many as the Lord our God shall call. Are you called? Then you must repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. If you haven't been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and only baptized in Father, Son, Holy Ghost, you never took on the name. There's no blood there. There's no name. Father's a title title, son's a title, and Holy Ghost is a title, but that's not the name. You have to take on the name of Jesus Christ. That name is above all names, but at the name of Jesus. When you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you take on that name. That's your wedding garment. Then you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. After you're born of the water, you must receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And some say, well, as soon as you're, you're born again, uh, just being water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, that's it. You automatically have the Holy Ghost. Or when you repent, you automatically have the Holy Ghost. No, that's not so. You have to pray through. You have to literally pray out of the fleshly understanding and get into the Spirit. The old-timers called it praying through. You're breaking through the natural intellectual mind giving praise to God to where he comes on and baptizes you with fire. Baptism in the Holy Ghost. And that with fire. And that baptism 
The baptism of the Holy Ghost is necessary, essential to being born again. How do you know you've been baptized and you've received the Holy Ghost? Well, the power of God unto salvation. You feel that power of God come upon you and that burning fire of the Holy Ghost. You can feel it. And it's not in the intellectual mind. It's out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. Why is it out of your belly? Shall flow rivers of living waters. Just Jesus spake of the Holy Ghost, which was not yet given because he was not yet glorified. Why is it out of your belly? Because that's the heart. That's the spirit of man, not the intellectual mind. You can't speak in tongues with your mind and kind of copy a tongue. And you can't just pray anytime you want to with the intellect in the spirit. You have to be in the spirit to speak these mysteries unto God in the Holy Ghost. It's an unction. It's something that ushers up. It, it literally uh, flows there out of your spirit into your mind and that volition, and you yield to that. It's born in the spirit, not in the mind. Many people try to do it in the mind, saying, well, I won't. I won't speak in English. I'll just speak in something else. And it becomes gibberish because it's not the Holy Ghost. And I say that respectfully because it has to be born in the spirit of that person. The Holy Ghost then is coming into that person, baptized with that Holy Ghost and that with fire. There is out of your belly flowing rivers of living waters, which is the Holy Ghost. And uh, how do you know that you've received that? Well, you feel the power of God. You yield to it. And then as you're praying in the spirit, hallelujah to God, giving him glory, all of a sudden it's not enough anymore. He takes you to a higher plane, a higher level, a spiritual level, not a physical level, a spiritual level in the Holy Ghost, in the spirit himself, in the Lord Jesus. And all of a sudden at that time, it lifts you up into a high realm. You're filled with the Holy Ghost and that with the power of God unto salvation. That Holy Ghost is the power of God, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ is that spirit. The Lord is that spirit. Now he's in you. How do you know? Because now you have an utterance from the Holy Ghost. It's an unction that comes out that you speak in a new tongue. Mark 16, and those that believe go into all the world, and he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They will speak with new tongue. A new tongue? A new language, a new prayer language. And Paul goes on and tells about this. He said, now, in the assembly... You know, if you speak in an unknown tongue, you speak as well in the spirit. And if you pray and give thanks, you, you do it well in the spirit. But your other brethren are not edified. Therefore, in the assembly, if you speak in an unknown tongue, pray that you may interpret that all may be edified. But Paul said, I speak in tongues more than you all. What does he mean by that? He said, I'll pray with my understanding. 
and I'll also pray in the spirit. He said, now, when you speak in an unknown tongue, your understanding is unfruitful. You don't know what you're saying. You feel an unction and the power and the fire of God and the love of God coming through you. But your understanding is unfruitful. You do not know what you're saying. It's a prayer language. It's the Holy Ghost speaking through you. And you're yielding to that. And it says, he that speaketh an unknown tongue, his understanding is unfruitful, albeit in the spirit. Not with the understanding, but in the spirit. The spirit, the human spirit of that man, joined with the Holy Ghost, he that's joined to the Holy Ghost, is one spirit. In the spirit he speaketh mysteries unto God. And no man knows how he ought to pray. But the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered according to the will of God. That's how you build up your most holy faith, Jude 20, praying in the Holy Ghost, not praying with your understanding, but praying through, praying in the Holy Ghost. Anyone that tells you you automatically have the Spirit of God simply because you believe or ask Jesus to come into your heart you have not been born of the water and the Spirit. You must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Now you're born of the water. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit with the outward evidence of speaking in other tongues. Somebody said you don't have to speak in other tongues to have the Spirit of God. That is not so. All that believe in the name of Jesus will speak with new tongues. Mark 16. Acts 2.38. They will speak in an unknown tongue at the Acts 2, 4. When they received the Holy Ghost, they spake with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. It's an unction from the Holy One. And that is a sign, the outward evidences of the Holy Ghost indwelling the believer. And it's not done with the intellect. Somebody said, well, we're going to pray in the, in the understanding. Now we're going to pray in tongues. And everybody just starts talking in tongues. Well, uh, you have to question that. Because only when the Holy Ghost gives you the unction can you speak in an unknown tongue. You just can't walk down a road and hear just you know, what the old timers call praying through. Here again, you would get into a place with God that you're praying with your understanding, and all of a sudden it breaks through. The power of God comes on you. The Holy Ghost in you starts praying according to the will of God. You're building up yourselves upon your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, Jude 20. You are now that your will lining up with that spirit of God, but according to the will of God, it's making intercession for you. And that is determined in the Holy Ghost, in the spirit. The Holy Ghost there is that intercessor, Jesus in you, Christ in you. If any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's not of his. And that is with the outward reflection of speaking in other tongues. That's the indicator. With other stammering, stammering lips and other tongues will I speak of this people. Well, tongues is a sign to the unbeliever, not to the believer, but the unbeliever. And that is the power of God unto salvation, praying in the Holy Ghost according to the will of God and yielding to the Holy Ghost doing his will, 
And that requires that building up your most holy faith, which is in the spirit, not in the intellect of man. That will always be with an unknown tongue. And that tongue, you speak in mysteries unto God. It's your direct prayer line. Satan cannot, cannot in, in, in intercept that. He cannot hear and understand what you are talking in the spirit to God because it is the spirit that you're praying with, not your understanding. And that is your direct prayer line to the Lord Jesus Christ. It is essential that we have that, born of the water and the spirit. One of the fallacies is that someone tells you as soon as you repented, you received the Holy Ghost. You received the Spirit of God. You received the Holy Spirit. No, you receive the Holy Spirit when you pray through and you're baptized with that Holy Ghost and that with fire. You can feel it. You can feel the power of God. It's not something that is, is far off from you. It is inside you. It's in your spirit. And that Holy Ghost power, you'll feel it. It's the power of God unto salvation. You, that is always, as you see in Acts, uh, the 10th chapter, the first Gentile of the house of Cornelius of an Italian band. He had alms day going up to God as a memorial. And they said, send for Peter. And of course he did. And Simon, a tanner and Peter comes down in the house of Cornelius and he has his whole household there. And then as he is preaching Jesus Christ, then they're filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, how did he know that? Peter said, can any man forbid water that they should not have received, be baptized who have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? How did he know that? For he heard them speak with tongues and magnified God. He heard that. They just broke out. That's what happened at Azusa Street. That's what happens when you, a born-again believer, are born of the Spirit. You will speak in other tongues. Not with your mind or intellect, but with the Spirit of God out of your heart, your human spirit out of your belly. It's birthed there, not in your intellect, not with your mind. And when that happens, you're born of the Spirit. And at that house where Cornelius, Peter heard them speak with tongues and magnified God. He heard them speak and knew that they had received the Holy Ghost. Somebody said, well, I was told I have the Holy Ghost simply because I believe that's a lie. No, you have to have received that Holy Ghost and that with fire. You'll know it without a shadow of a doubt. You'll know it. It's the power of God and salvation. Christ in you, the hope of glory. If that same spirit, Christ, that dwelled in Christ Jesus dwells in you, houses in you, it shall also quicken your mortal body. Make alive your mortal body. It's life. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the mystery of godliness. And you will speak with other tongues. Well, they were baptized with that Holy Ghost. Acts the 10th chapter. Well, then somebody said, well, they didn't need the water then. They're born of the Spirit. They don't need it. Uh-huh. No. Peter said, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? They've already been baptized, born again of the Spirit. 
Now, can any man forbid water? And you can be baptized if you believe. Well, they'd already received the Holy Ghost, and obviously they were believers. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Acts 10. Acts 8, 16. Philip goes down there and preaches Jesus Christ. As he does, they're baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Not baptized Father, Son, Holy Ghost. No one was ever baptized Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Never. They understood what it meant to be baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Ghost, which is Jesus, Jesus Christ. That was given to Peter, who had the keys to the kingdom. But in Acts 8, we have Philip preaching down there, and they're baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. But they hadn't received the Holy Ghost yet. And, of course, it's a doctrine of laying on to the hands. And they call for Peter. Why? Because he had the keys to the kingdom. Because none of them had received the Holy Ghost yet. Only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So he went down and laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost here again. And they spake with other tongues. Everywhere that you see that a believer was filled with the Holy Ghost, they spake with other tongues. Mark 16, Acts 2, 38, Acts 4, 12, Acts 8, 16, Acts 10, Acts 19. Paul again. And Acts 22 talks about that Damascus Road experience. And uh, Ananias come to him, receive your sight, Brother Saul. Uh, he had been persecuting the church. And then after he had seen the Lord, had the revealed name of God, Jesus, and told what he was to do, the will of God, and healed of his blindness, still the sins were not remitted. They were still there. And Ananias said, Brother Saul, why tarriest thou? Arise, be baptized, washing away your sins, calling upon the name of the Lord. And he did that. Paul was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Every one of the disciples were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every believer from this day forward in Pentecost, in the present truth of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, taken on his name, are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ after they have repented, then baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. The Ethiopian eunuch there of Candice is out there in the desert. Philip goes to him, uh, comes up to the chariot, uh, joins the chariot through the Holy Ghost leading, and he's reading in Isaiah. And he's led as a sheep to the shearers. And, and Philip walks up to him and says, Do you understand what you read? He said, how can I except some man tell me? Give me the meaning of it. And he joined him in, the, in that and with the Ethiopian eunuch and began to explain to him Jesus Christ. And then he said, what doth hinder me to be baptized? He understood the next step there to get that born of the water, you have to be baptized. And what, what doth hinder me to be baptized? Philip said, you can if you believe with all your heart. In other words, are you so serious in this? He said, I believe. And he took him over there and baptized him in the name of Jesus Christ. Everyone was always baptized in the name of Jesus. No one was baptized Father, Son, Holy Ghost. And that's something that came on later on uh, with the Trinitarian doctrine, which was never the never the way in the apostolic doctrine, the doctrine of the apostles, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So 
Seek God on it. If you have questions, you can write to us, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or you can message us on sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com, or dennisbeard.org. Don't be deceived. Be born again of the water and the spirit. Let no man deceive you by any means. And then go on to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ and the perfection. And that's where we are now. And that truth is still there for all those that God is calling. Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of your sins, there's no other way to have your sins remitted. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit, the promises unto you, to your children, to as many as that are far off, even to as many as the Lord our God shall call. Don't let anyone deceive you. Go all the way. Don't just start the race and quit somewhere along the line. We must come on to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ unto perfection. And now we'd love to hear from you. Uh, God's gathering his body into one. Write to me or message us where we can meet you. We'd like to be one with you. And uh, we thank you for your prayerful support and your generous offerings whereby we can keep the podcast coming to you over the air. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Baird saying, Behold, the real Jesus.